I had a great conversation with Tina Robinette. I had the opportunity to work for her in the past, and she's so amazing at creating dynamic, high-performing teams. In our conversation, what we talked about was accountability and how key accountability is to providing an environment of engagement and empowerment and really setting up your team members to do their best work. Tons of really great tips, so definitely check it out. So I'm really excited to introduce Tina Robinette to you. So Tina is the Senior Vice President of the New <clears throat> Evolution of Work, or the New Initiative at TD Bank Group. It's one of the largest transformational change initiatives that the bank has pursued, and it involves um, introducing new ways of thinking, of leading, and of working, and it's all meant to set the organization up for continued success and growth into the future. So I'm very excited to have you this morning, um, Tina. Thanks, Dion. I'm really excited to be here with you as well. Thank you. So one of the reasons why I really wanted to speak with you is because I've had the opportunity to work with you on a project and it was it was a very um, stressful, big project, nowhere near as big as what you're doing right now, but still sizable and high profile, high impact to the organization and really complex just because of all of the different moving parts and lots of disparate stakeholders who needed to be rallied. But we delivered it and we delivered it successfully. So I've learned there are a number of lessons that I took away from the time that we worked together. But the one that really sticks with me is how effective um, you were and, pro and still are at holding team members accountable. And I thought that was really like that, that really resonated with me. And it was also you, you also modeled that behavior for the rest of the team in terms of how we should also be engaging with one another. So I wanted to ask you like right off, like, is that something in terms of the holding people accountable? Is that something that just always just came naturally to you? Or is it a skill that you had to intentionally build? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> by the way, loved working with you, had great experiences as well. So I really appreciate that. And I think I think it is something you grow into for sure. You know, if I think back to my early days in my career, I remember getting feedback around, you know, you're, you're too direct, you're too aggressive, you're, you're this, that or the other. And I think what happens over time, especially as you realize more and more and really more and more in today's environment and the way we work and what we're doing. You have to work as a team. There's very little that one individual can do and actually see the outcome or drive the success. And so it, being a team is so important. So as you get more senior and you get out of those more individual contributor roles, I just have to do this thing and I'm not worried about what everyone else is doing. You start to learn, okay, I've got to, I've got to change the way I'm working. I, you know, I maybe am driving something I'm successful, but I, I'm not going to be successful if the four people around me aren't also achieving their outcomes. And so how do we mutually hold each other accountable so we can mutually be successful? So I think it's something you do grow into. I don't know that it's something that it's like, oh, here's a training course. And so he'll go and do this. I think it's learning. It's through conversations like this where mm -hmm. people just learn and go, oh, yeah, that's that's it. That's what I need to do. Um, so I think I think that's really kind of how it came about for me. Mm -hmm. And um, also, because I, I know that I share this with you as well, in terms of the impact, like I just found that like that at that point was probably one of the most stressful um, projects that I've ever worked on, again, based on all the complexity and all that other stuff. Yet, when I look back on it, and I'm still in contact with folks who worked on that project, we look back on it as one of the most fulfilling projects that we've ever worked on. Right. And I, many of us talk about it as also one of the projects where we, we brought our best work. We did our best work. 
And a lot of that had to do with having very clear expectations set for what was required and having and holding people to those standards. So, and I was sharing, like, it was one of those things where you didn't want to be the weakest link because everybody was bringing their A game. So I couldn't show up and just have something I threw together like 20 minutes before. So I feel like in terms of driving those high performing teams, which is what every manager wants to develop, it's so key. Like, would you agree that that's one of the critical factors? Oh, definitely. And I think, I think, um, well, one, to your point, one, once you've got people that are excelling and performing, everybody wants to excel and perform, right? Like you, you want to be as good and seen as good and, and being as successful and contributing, yes. right? When I think about holding people accountable and you talk about, you know, some of the things you're saying, like coming with your A game, seeing what other people are doing. And so you, you feel, it's really about feeling inspired to do more, which, which is kind of what you talked about. So I do think, I do think that's critical. And I think as the leaders or the leader that's setting that kind of standard or dynamic, it's really important. It's important to have clarity so people know what what is it that's expected of me? How am I going to do that? What am I doing versus my partner? And therefore, how do we mutually hold each other accountable so we can mutually be successful? And that's where you start to see if if one is excelling and doing more, the other one is like, well, I've got to I've got to amp my game up because I have to contribute equally, or we're not going to be successful. So I do I do think that's a big part of it, and I think as the leader, helping helping the team to to see that and see how each other is going to help the others be successful. And so holding each other accountable, but more about holding each other accountable to do their best work. Right. Right. And it's interesting because a lot of times, like, although stress has always been there, but it always seems every year, it feels like it's a little bit more than it was the year before. So this doesn't go away. And like I said, that was probably one of the most stressful situations, but these are the factors and this is the way that managers could help to make that a fulfilling experience and not look back on it and be like, oh my God, like truly um, it was something that coming out of it, feeling like I grew and I was the yeah. better person coming out of it as well. So that was, yeah. that was very inspirational. I know that you talk as well about holding ourselves accountable. So as leaders, mm-hmm. it's one thing to hold our team members accountable, but it also starts with us. So I just wanted to understand, like, how does that factor into your role and and what kind of strategies do you use to hold yourself? Yeah, Yeah, I think I think that's key. And, um, you know, I've been very fortunate as a leader. Um, I find like feedback, as we all know, is the most valuable thing you can get. And so I'm always asking for feedback from the team and, and like honest feedback so I can grow from it. And one of the things that I've always been very proud of is I get feedback and I get lots of growth and development opportunities. But one of the things that's always really consistent is the team telling me how, um, you know, I may have high expectations. I make it clear and I make it clear what's expected and what we need, but that I have those same expectations of myself. And so they see me also striving as hard, contributing as hard, making sure other people are holding me accountable as well. And so I think I think those are really, really important things. And when I think about it, like what are the different strategies and things? Interestingly enough, that's something where I think it comes a little more natural to me. I don't know if it's because I'm a Virgo and we're just naturally, you know, organized and structured and and intense. Um, and you know, you do all these personality tests, and it's like I'm an ENTJ, I'm a red, I'm a machine gun. I'm, my my natural way of going um is a little bit like this. And I and I'm my natural way of going is very structured and detailed, although I can deal with ambiguity. 
but that helps me to be able to articulate what's expected and what the outcomes are and then to hold myself equally accountable. So I think you have to figure out your own working style, um, what your strengths are to be able to know, okay, where do you maybe need to focus and or grow so that you can equally hold yourself accountable and then exhibit that to the team and model that behavior for the team. I think it's slightly different for everybody. Um, so I think you have to examine that for yourself. And then, and then check yourself at the door. Are you actually holding yourself accountable? <laughs> right. And how do you make people feel comfortable to, like, um, you, you're naturally a, a really good in terms of relationships, but just in terms of what are some ways, because not everybody feels comfortable giving yeah. you constructive feedback as the leader, right? So how do you make people feel comfortable that it's okay to give me feedback if you think something, you know? Yeah, I, I think a couple of different techniques. Interestingly enough, the work I'm doing now, which is all about scaled agility and changing servant leadership. And so there's all kinds of techniques and things we're learning in the marketplace about psychological safety and modeling coaching and workshopping coaching. I would say before that, um, you know, I think the way I did it was, um, one, I, I very much wanted to be a part of the team. And so in conversations, even as a manager, when I'm leading other people, I'm, I'm talking about growth and development, I'll often share my own. And that kind of opens up the door. So they think, oh, okay, you don't think you're perfect. And oh, really? You had to learn that? Like I would have thought you knew that or something. And mm -hmm. so I think one of the techniques that I use is just sharing my own development, my own challenges, my own growth opportunities. So then people think, oh, okay, I can actually tell her that. Or even sometimes in a meeting, I'll call myself out <laughs> right? and say, okay, you know, either I'm going to get very this or I'm going to get very that or, oh, I don't know why I said that, um, to try to open the door to make make people feel more comfortable. I think it's it's easier in the one-on-one -on -one situation. And by sharing those things, then one-on-one -on -one people will feel more comfortable sharing with you. And, right. But you have to be approachable and you have to be accessible. Like yeah. that's fundamental, right? That's table yeah. stakes. Yeah. And I guess as well, too, in modeling that behavior, it means that even when you're not in that meeting, people, it's been modeled that this is the way that we operate. This is the way that, you know, we share and this exactly. is the way we give feedback. So, yeah, that's really. And it's helpful. constructive and it's meant yeah. to be helpful. Yes. And it's not, um, you know, it's not belligerent or harmful. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, in the spirit of helping everybody lift up, right? I, like, I think that's really important. But you have to have that team dynamic. Like, you have to have a team that is comfortable and in, in, in with each other. And so you may have to do some, you know, team building stuff to get people to that point if, right. if it's not more natural. Right. Yeah. But to your point, the kindness being at the core. So, yes, it has to be direct because you don't want people walking away and not really understanding what you were saying because I've done that. Mm -hmm. And it's like. Oh, I don't think they got that because it was so uncomfortable that I wanted to be kind of fluffy. Um, but at the same time, like you said about the kindness, this is about yeah. getting better. And one of the things as well, because I think some things that you do, you're unconsciously competent in doing. So you probably, it might not be like relevant, like clear to you that you do this, but I find it's also effective where it's just about the work. Like the conversation yeah. is about the work. It's not about you as a person it's about you as a professional and it's about the work and it's about what the, and it's what the team needs and what the project needs and stuff like that. So yeah. I find that that's really helpful as well to, to, because yeah. then you're talking about growth, like you said, it's about professional growth. <laughs> and in a way, what I've had to learn is by not doing that, you're actually having, you're doing a disservice to that other person. Exactly. Because they don't know. And that could have been an opportunity for them to exactly. grow into it. And maybe they might not have, 
you know, we don't always feel good when we have that constructive feedback in the moment, right? Yeah. But then the reflection and figuring out, okay, so this is what I need to do. So it is very much a lost opportunity for us not to be better as managers at being able to have those direct conversations. It is. I mean, if you think about it, what is the key role of the manager? Grow and develop talent. And so if you're not doing that, you're not growing and developing them, as you're pointing out. Like, how does the person know? Um, and, and uh, you know, I think the other really interesting thing about that is balance it, right? So, yes, you're going to have constructive feedback. So talk about something that they do really well. Here's what you do really well. This is this is working. Here's mm-hmm. where we have opportunity. And here's why we have opportunity. This is the outcome we could be getting to better, different. Like, you have to also be able to articulate What's not happening that you expect to be happening? And here are are techniques or ways or where I think we need to focus on your development to get you there. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, the person may not even be connecting the dots to know, like, what, 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 what didn't happen right, right? Right. So you have to connect those dots. But I think, I think the way to open a person up to the feedback is to talk about what they are doing well. So they know they are contributing, they are adding value. And now here's where we're going to help to get you to the next level, help you to grow. Right. So I think I think those are really important things as a manager. And as you're pointing out, we're doing a disservice if we don't, because that's our role to grow and develop talent. Yes. So you walked into my last question, which was I was going to ask you about what are some strategies or tips that you would give to managers? So you just shared the first one, which is to definitely make sure that we're also focusing on what they're doing well. Yeah. And then and I think also what's key about what you said as well about that those dots, because Sometimes we take it for granted that you understand, like, it's not just that I want you to do X, it's here's the implications if you don't do X, here's how that impacts the bigger picture, and here's why it's so important, because, yes, <clears throat> once people put it into context, it's like, oh, right, yeah. and all of a sudden, now it's more meaningful. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple of other things I would say is, one, be self-aware, so know yourself, because the more you're self-aware and you know, the more you know yourself, then you can see and reflect and model and understand um, others and how to help others. The other thing that, you know, has always been something that I really, really enjoy is just learning um, more and more and learning different techniques around how to interact with people. So, you know, there's lots of courses around learning about different learning styles. Different people learn differently. Different people hear information differently. And so the more you can educate yourself on those, and there's all kinds of courses out there available for it, it helps you because you could be talking to somebody and you could be thinking, oh my God, I'm giving them the most brilliant feedback. And it's so clear and articulate. And that person takes information in very differently and they are not hearing it. They're not getting it. And so you're getting in, you get yourself into a tenuous situation where you're thinking like, oh my God, why are they not getting it? Why are they not learning? I'm giving them all this brilliant feedback. And it's because you're giving it in a way that they can't they can't take it in because it's not their style, it's not their learning style, it's not how they interpret yeah. things. And so I think for me, that's that's one of the other really things that I think managers can do to make themselves even more effective at developing talent. Go out and learn, learn the different styles, learn the different ways that people do, and then do those exercises with your teams. Because if you don't do them with your teams, yes, you might be able to think, oh, I think there are this, that, or the other type of learning style. But if you actually do a team building exercise and you all get together, that's another way to make the whole team more effective because each other knows each other and each other knows how they take in information. And they know, oh, my God, we're total opposites. So I think I'm giving you a brilliant story. And you're like, what the hell are you talking? 
about. <laughs> and so I think I think that's one other technique I would say is one, learn for yourself, be self-aware, two, learn different things about different styles and, and expertise. And then three, put that into action with your teams so your teams can all all learn from that and get better at how they work with each other. Right. And that uh, actually that feeds very much into when you're talking about that servant leadership, where as opposed to feeling like, no, I'm the boss. Although hopefully people don't really think this way anymore because it sounds so like they do. (laughs) But as opposed to, no, it's my job as the manager to understand the best, like you were saying, to grow and develop people. So I need to set myself up for success in that role by getting to understand how best I can communicate with you so that you could do your best. Right. Yeah. 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 And, you know, a big part of that, again, is as managers, um, because as you get, so you go from individual contributor roles into manager roles, that transition to realize it, you can't do it all. It's not about you doing it all. It's about how do you get work done through others and you get work done through others by one, developing them two, empowering them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then getting out of the command and control. And so all of those things are the techniques you have to learn, learn along the way so that yes, you're holding people accountable, but you're also allowing it that they can come to you to say, what barriers do you need me to remove so you can be successful? So I think that's another big transition point for for managers as they get into this to figure out how do I start managing and leading and getting success through people, as opposed to me directing, telling what to do and and making it. You have to let other people grow. And also as the manager, because also in terms of how I would benefit is then you hear things like as opposed to people just assuming, well, you know, she must have the answers. It's like, that's when you hear things that you never thought about when people feel comfortable challenging you and saying, you know what, did you think about this? Or did you think about that? Or I've done this before and this worked really well and being open to that. Um, It sets you up for success as the manager as well, because, you know, you can't have your eyes and ears everywhere all the time. Yeah. And, and let's not forget, you know, as managers, like even now in my role today, I'm still learning. I'm growing. I'm every time you move, you're learning new things at a new level. Like your skill sets have to, you know, change as you go. Um, and so we're always learning. So you're right. Like what a brilliant way to learn more by by using your team who's got all different kinds of experiences themselves mm-hmm. and take that in. I think that's the other really key thing too as managers is is admitting and being vulnerable with our teams about what we don't know, because we think we're supposed to know everything because we're supposed to be leading them. And how can I lead them if I don't know? Nobody expects anybody to know everything. And, and how much more empowered and brilliant and, and collaborative would your team feel if, Hey, I can teach you something in return as well. Yes. You've got experiences you're going to teach me, but I can also help you grow. Like that two way growth is, is really powerful. It is. And like you said, because it is lifelong learning, like I'm one that I, I hate being on a learning curve because I do feel comfort in terms of, I like knowing the answers and I hate it when I don't even know if my answer is even a a good, uh, sorry, my question is even a good question, but, um, but that is where we grow and that's where, you know, we grow and we evolve and so forth. So yes. Anyway, so that was really helpful. Thank you very much. I think this is really helpful. And also in terms of you sharing as well, like your, your progression that you had to learn going along and shift your style. Um, and you continue to do that today. So thank Absolutely. you very much for making time to talk with me today. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed our conversation and it's great to see you again. And I hope I hope there's a few t- tidbits that others take away that help them.
I'm sure for, for sure there were. There were many. So thank you so much, Tina. If you enjoyed that interview, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, My Lemonade Stand. You can also stream it off of your favorite podcast streaming platform. Looking forward to seeing you next time.